Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to the only Atlanta United podcast in existence. This is it. You found it. The only one. And the only one that's going to be telling you, dear listener, about last night's win. Over in NYCFC, I'm Jason Jones from Dirty South Soccer. There, this is Five Strike Final, sponsored by Dirty South Soccer. Jim Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is right over there. Joseph, say hey. Right over here. Hey, Sam. Oh, hey. Hey, man. How we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. What a difference a week makes, right? Yeah. Uh, not even sure it's the same team, to be totally honest. It was insane. Yeah. What a weird switch that someone threw to have a team come out and do a 180. Is is from an intensity level, from a focus level, from from pretty much everything. Just insane. I think insane. the whole I think the whole team watched Copa Libertadores and realized that's that's what's required here. Exactly. Because that's what it looked like. I mean, even some of the players, uh, you know, just in the, the tenacity of the defending, the way they were, you know, throwing their bodies on the line. Um, even some of the attackers were throwing their bodies on the line in defense uh, with Joseph just freaking taking bullets to the head. Um, <laughs> it was incredible to see. I saw some NYCFC people on Twitter complaining about the, uh, the headlong dive into I, I guess i think it was via trying to do the the bicycle kick yeah. where joseph just came across from like 10 yards out like he was plugging the a gap or something <laughs> on an iso run and he's leading with the crown like, yeah like barrel rolled out of it it was incredible you know but he's lazy so you know right uh, doesn't matter anyway yeah uh, but no, there were points last night where even Joseph was getting back and, and making plays past midfield. Of course, he only he had to run like 30 yards less to get to midfield through that. But it was still just insane to see just how on everyone was. And you wonder why it wasn't there for Toronto, but you're sure glad it showed up in New York. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really funny just with that, how small that field was. There's literally less space. Um, there, There's like... Human bodies take up more space on that field than they would on normal fields. So there's just more collisions happening. You know, didn't it seem like there was more like bodies running into each other? Because if you're going to go headfirst into a challenge or yeah, in in Joseph's case, it was headfirst. Like you're probably going to get hit because there's just less open room for people to maneuver on that field. So um, it was it was. uh, very satisfying to see Atlanta United of all teams. This, I feel like, you know, Atlanta United's a team that gets labeled as one that is maybe, um, you know, skillful and fast and, and fun and all this stuff, but maybe not, you know, tenacious or tough or uh, dare I say gritty. So um, it was fun to watch us be that way because I think, you know, if we can play like that, then I think that that's the best version of Atlanta United there is. For this case, especially for what we needed to do against New York in Yankee Stadium on that tiny pitch, for what we need to do really throughout the playoffs, which is kind of cluster things up a little bit and make sure we limit chances and make sure that, you know, we win ugly, you know, because going out and 
trying to go full throttle uh, oftentimes doesn't pay off for teams in, in short tournaments like this. That, that, uh, yeah, so that's a good point. That's a good point. Go I, I, and pull a Seattle, basically. Right. Uh, even though they lost two. <laughs> this is how uh, Seattle normally wins MLS Cup or, exactly. you know, the, you know that's how they how cool. they always do well because they uh, they're like the ugliest team in MLS. Yeah, that's how you win MLS Cup with a goal differential of one and 44 goals forward, 43 goals against. Uh, the 2016 team or whatever it was was incredible for being able to accomplish. But uh, I mean, it, 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 we're joking about it, but it really is truly honest. If you look at Columbus, Columbus versus Red Bulls, Columbus does, has done the same thing, both against DC and against Red Bulls. They really just clog things up. And then, you know, in the case against Red Bulls, they just pull off this moment of magic. And I feel like with Atlanta United, that's something that you can expect. You know, like if you play a tough, tenacious game, you're still going to get two or three or four, you know, chances for these players like Miguel Almiron, Tito Vajalba, Joseph Martinez, whoever, to be able to make a play, you know, to to to, to pull one out. And so you I, I think in Atlanta's case, you want to actually you would you would rather limit your own chances while also limiting the chances that you're conceding than for, you know, to play more open game and for both of those factors to be, you know, higher than, than normal. I, I think Atlanta would take its chances reducing both its own chances and its oppositions, knowing that it has the quality to finish the chances and, you know, therefore progress through the playoffs. We're going to talk about limiting chances here a little bit. Joe Patrick, we have stats Hell yeah! Just uh, let's let's do this one first. This is from Chris Winkler uh, from Atlanta United Communications. Uh, wow. First time this season, wow. New York City FC did not have a shot on target. The first time, uh, their previous season low at home was two. So last night, uh, eight shots for NYC FC, not a single one of them on target. Um, hey, sh- shout out Chris Winkler! But shout out Chris Winkler for uh, I think making his first appearance on the. Uh... Atlanta United's only H dad and podcast. Oh, nice. Congrats, Chris. Congrats, Chris. Uh, this one from a bit higher up over from MLS digital. This has been Bayer uh, saying NYCFC attempted just 138 passes in the first half. That was 67 fewer than they have had in any first half at home this year. Uh, so Atlanta United limiting everything. Everything it seemed like they, they conceded a lot of possession at points. I think it was about fifty-seven forty-three by the end of it. Uh, so eventually, of course, NYCFC did end up with with a lot more passes than Atlanta United. But uh, overall, I mean, nothing was being created from any. And you take a look at what the difference was between the last time we went up there during the regular season. NYCFC ends up with twenty-five shots, twenty-five compared to eight last night and my worry with us bunkering before this game was that it was going to look a lot more similar to what we saw in the regular season where we're we're sitting back but we're also giving up a ton of chances this Mm -hmm. time kind of absorbed a bit of pressure but we were limiting the space we were running into people we were knocking bodies together and from that we completely limited what they were trying to do even with uh a revamp kind of NYCFC lineup with a couple of players. So I do want to explore this a little bit, the, this whole notion of parking the bus. And it, I think what, what, what you said is right. And what it really goes to show is that um, there is actually, you know, a technique to parking the bus. It's not just putting a bunch of players back um, and, 
by therefore by doing that you will not concede um there's still a tactical element to parking the bus in terms of you know you're playing in a deeper lower block but you still need to close down um players on the ball you still need to be tracking runners you still need to have numbers you know you, you need to have you need to have backup ready ready if uh if the defender on the ball gets beat so there is a tactical element to it and i feel like atlanta united when it's tried to go to that it, when it's tried to go that route earlier in the season, it has not worked. I mean, we saw them throw on an extra defender uh, against Toronto, I think, earlier this season, they, and they blew a lead. Or it was against Dallas. They definitely threw on uh, Miles Robinson, um, and they lost two goals in the last five minutes of that game. Um, they may have done the same thing against Toronto earlier in the season as well at home uh, when they gave away a, a late lead. So, yeah, this game was great because we were much more adept um, in that kind of defensive posture. And I, and I think, honestly, um, I give Greg Garza a ton of credit for this. I feel like he makes such a difference on the left side. When he's defending a winger, he can defend a winger so much differently than Chris McCann. Because Chris McCann is just, you know, he's slower of foot. He's not, he's, he, you know, Chris McCann can maybe give you something aerially, aerially um but in, in terms of defending one-on-one in wide positions, he needs a lot of help. And Greg Garza is a guy who can just get in someone's face. He's got the foot speed to get tighter to his opponent. And I think that that really helped Atlanta United kind of not have to worry so much about the defend, the, the man on the ball there on the wing. It was Tajora Shrouty. I think he was, he was defending most of the night. Um, and it allowed to kind of them to cover the other gaps um, in defense. So I thought Greg Garza was huge uh, for the team, not just defensively, but also offensively, you know, just in terms of the passing combinations he's capable of making going forward. Um, you know, a lot of the credit for Atlanta's, you know, resurgence in this game after the disappointment last week was down to Miguel Almiron. But I really thought that, Greg Garza, um, having him there for 90 minutes was was absolutely huge for this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but give credit to just kind of everyone for kind of taking all the weirdness. Of course, of course, yeah. Like, um, and I'm not take away from the Garza point because it's good, but I do just kind of want to touch on a little bit uh, just kind of how strange things got at times. There was a point where I looked up and Eric Rometty was ahead of Joseph Martinez as far as like, leading the defense essentially uh eric Rometty was the highest person up the field and I, I don't know how it happened i don't know why it happened but everyone adjusted accordingly and uh, of course nycfc didn't really get anything out of it um by the end of the game it was kind of just them playing balls into the box and brad gazan running over anything and everything in his path to come and punch it and that was beautiful um, yeah I, I did really like, uh, you know, Atlanta basically played a back five, you know, just a, a straight up back five um, through most of the second half. It was it was a back five or back three, more of a back three in the first half. Um, but I really liked that because it limited the 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 channels, it, the, the the space of the channels that David Villa had to run into. Um, it, I think it really threw them for a loop. I don't think they New York City FC quite knew how to adjust to that. They sure did. Are we also are we going to talk about Eric Remedi, Remedi's, uh shimmy after his goal? Oh yeah, that was beautiful too. You know, you can be thick and still have dance moves, and and sometimes people forget that. Sometimes people forget that, but Eric Remedi doing a service for for all the thick boys. Oh, I love Eric Remedi. He's definitely like the class clown of this team. He's like players in interviews are constantly making fun of him. He's making fun of himself. Um, <laughs> It's great. Uh, it's nice to kind of have that fun-loving guy. 
I mean, Chris McCann, I think, just wishes he was he was on that level. Just wishes. Um, let's talk about let's talk about some of the chances we created because uh, there was the weird one that I kind of missed because I was coming back from a wedding. Uh, I was like right before I got in. Uh, that was disallowed where Miguel completely mishit the ball, but somehow top spun it over <laughs> over uh, over the keeper there. Uh, that one got pulled back. We're not going to talk about VAR. Let's not talk about VAR. Let's just let's just say it's bad. Let's just yeah. say it's bad. the people wanted this. The people wanted this, and they got the call right. They got the call right. They did. It was a mess from a broadcasting standpoint, and from pretty much every standpoint. Though, I mean, you had you had both sides lined up at the, the center circle and just kind of sitting there waiting for a few minutes before they eventually got things sorted out there. Um, My favorite part was Miguel. Uh, sarcastically clapping the referee after they had waved it off. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, let's see. We also, man, it, it really kind of felt like this should have been a, a two nothing going back to Atlanta, which I think would have been huge to get that second goal. Uh, but you know, up one nil going back home is, is not a bad thing. Uh, the Garza chance at the end was excellent. I thought that was a hell of a save. Well, they were kind of that was the play where there were almost like two chances in one phase of play because Joseph was kind of on a breakaway on that and um, could have had an opportunity to hit it with his left foot kind of from the top of the box uh, with uh, Cherno, is that his name? Kind of draped on him on his right side and he decided to take one extra touch, kind of get closer since he was going to have to take it on his left foot. I don't think he was quite confident um, in striking the ball from there. So he took one extra touch and it kind of messed him up, but he was actually able to recover. Um, and then play it back to Garza for that shot, which man, when that came off his foot, I just thought it, I thought it was in. It just, it came off so sweet. Um, it's really a shame for him, uh, having come back, that would have been kind of like a storybook situation there. And yeah, going, going in, going back home with a two goal lead, two nil win on the road, uh, in a two leg knockout is like, unless you're PSG, it's pretty much like unstoppable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do need to keep in mind too that Atlanta United was the only higher seed to win yesterday. Which oh my, I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. Um, unless I'm thinking about that wrong, but uh, it seems like every single lower seed either lost or, or tied. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think that's right. So mm-hmm. pretty incredible to be the only one there. I I, I highly doubt it's gonna stay that way after this next round. But if a few other teams want to fall by the wayside uh, for the finals, then uh, I'm completely fine with it. I don't think it's going to diminish uh, Atlanta raising a trophy by any, any stretch. Um, so looking at you, Red Bulls, if you guys just want to kind of go and, and head back to New Jersey with your supporter shield and, and let us kind of take over from here, uh, I'm fine with it. I will, be, I will be honest. I started kind of daydreaming today about the possibility of playing Columbus crew in the next round to get to MLS cup final. Of course, we still have another leg. We have to, we have to finish off. Um, But I do think that, you know, the fact that none of the higher seeds won yesterday is kind of testament to how difficult it is to win on the road in MLS. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all those teams would have been playing on the road. All the, all the lower seeds had home games. So, you know, kudos to Atlanta for, for getting that result in not just on the road, but, uh, Yankee Stadium has been the most difficult place to play for, of any team in MLS all season. And they hadn't lost there with young El Herrera in the lineup um, 
yeah, since he's been back, since it just has just never happened this year. So, um, that's 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 comforting. That's comforting, but it's not over yet. And I and I touched on this in uh, in my column this morning. I think that um, it actually suits New York to be coming to Atlanta in this situation where they need goals. Um, Atlanta is not very good at keeping clean sheets at home. Um, and I think that, you know, if New York wants an open game, which they're going to want, um, you know, having not gotten the result they needed at home, it kind of set it, it suits them to be coming to Mercedes Benz Stadium to, you know, play in that venue. It does. And so that scares me. It's, it's kind of frightening, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but barring something catastrophic, I don't think the defense is going to have. A complete collapse, but it but it won't take much for, I mean, for NYCFC to kind of get out of there and maybe steal one from us. It would be very Atlanta. A two one loss, we're out. You know, yeah. so it's like it, it's it's very it's very much in the realms of possibility. If we can get a couple goals, then I think we'll be fine. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think two is about the number. I think two is the number we're looking for here. If we can get two goals, then I'm going to feel at least okay. At least okay, but maybe not much more than that. Uh, Joe Patrick, should we answer some questions? Yeah, sure. Let's see. Wait a few questions after last night's game. Uh, one of them being, why aren't you releasing the HDAD tonight? Uh, you responded on the Twitter, uh, Sam disgraced his family at a wedding, and we'll say it's put him behind schedule. Um, this is only partly true. Only partly true. I do want to clarify this. Hey, those were your words. Well, not the, not the part about myself. the schedule. I disgraced myself. Okay, that my family was already embarrassing me anyways. So it was mostly just oh, okay. me. It was mostly just me. Um, I was behind schedule because coming back uh, had some car troubles, had to pull over in auto zone, and uh, did not get home in time for uh, the first twenty minutes because of that. So awesome! Just a, just a great weekend all around, all around. Uh, That's where you find bombing terrorists. At the auto zone at the auto in the zone? middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. None there, though. They were actually very nice. They uh, got that's us back good. on the road pretty quickly. Um, but, Shout yeah. out to the folks yeah. at AutoZone. <laughs> Shout out AutoZone. Um, I'm not going to get into details about me disgracing myself. Um, yeah, we don't need to do that. Let's just say... Let's, uh, please not. Let's just... Let's just uh, just say, be responsible, folks. Just be responsible and make better life decisions. All of us, all around. And let's just let's just leave it there. Just leave it there. Um, let's see. Uh, Tito hurt or hungover is one of the questions. Uh, Tito was not good. Limited appearance, but he was not good. Yeah, no one knows what's going on with him. I'm surprised it didn't look like there were any quotes about his condition um, or why he was substituted after the match. But never a good sign when a sub is being subbed as was the case in his situation. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm, 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 to be perfectly honest, I'm not optimistic that he will even be available for Sunday. And obviously that's just a ton of, uh, you know, art. Um, but he just did not look good. He just didn't look good. No, not at all. He didn't all. look not like, it wasn't just his touch or anything like that. It was just physically. He wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't, as speedy as he normally is, he, you know, he looked like someone who was not fit essentially. Right. Exactly. So who knows what his status will be. I'm sure we'll find out more throughout the week, but not quite sure where he kind of fits into things. 
uh, right now. Well, see, the uh, thing is, the thing is, I'm I I would assume I'm I'm going to predict that Tata will not say that he's out uh, for this game when we ask him. Okay, but okay. I have a feeling that he could be out. You know, because there's a difference. There is. Tata has told us many times that there is a difference between uh, lying and not telling the whole truth. Uh, so <laughs> if Tata can find a way to work around that, then uh, then he's going to. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see it, especially this late in the game. I don't even um, know which instance of uh, of that you're referring to, but he's yeah, he's definitely showcased that talent many times this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Tata, one shout out to him flexing on the uh, USSF and, and speaking a little bit of English. <laughs> That's <there>. amazing. Um, <laughs> I loved all the people tweeting directly at US soccer right after that. Like, see, you idiots. Um, Do you think there's incredible. any inkling of truth to that? Do you think that, there's any inkling that he did that he's saying that to rub it in? Uh, or to even put himself maybe. out there if he still is interested. I don't Papa's know. He's not a vengeful man, but like I, he does enjoy uh, uh, dunking on people. So I can see. It. I, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I don't know what it is exactly, but I think there's. I, I don't think that was just complete random. Yeah. How amazing is it, by the way, that we still don't know where he's going? We know he's leaving, but after all that talk of you know things being a done deal and all that, it's gotten real quiet all of a sudden. Yeah, it's funny how, that. yeah, as soon as he made the announcement that he was going to me- or that he was leaving, not that he was going to Mexico, that he was leaving Atlanta United. Yeah, all the all the Mexican reports stopped. So maybe maybe they just stopped because they feel like there's no reason there's no reason to uh, keep pushing that, you know. Theory, if it's still a theory or or the report, you know, there's no ne- reason to publicize it if, if he's definitely not extending his contract now. But um, it is strange. It is strange. It's weird. It's weird. But uh, speaking of of people pushing theories, where are all my folks that said the team was hurting because Tata made an announcement about his future? Where are y'all tonight? Where are all y'all? Come at us. That's hey, right. Guys. I hadn't even. Hey, guys. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Tata Tata's still leaving, and the team played one of their best games of the year. It's almost like it's almost like one soccer is hard. Two, it's almost like it didn't really matter. And Joe, not only did they play well, but you know the players were diving headfirst into into people's shoes. Exactly, exactly. Putting the bodies so, on the line. You know what? You know what? The Toronto game was bad, but it was bad for many, many different reasons. Much of them more reasonable than than your nonsense, guys. Than your nonsense. Yes, I'm talking to you, especially you. Uh, let's see. Well, you know, these theories, everyone has these theories, has their theories and their narratives. Uh-huh. You know, one of them all, w- that was building up, that was becoming a theory or a narrative was the fact that Tata didn't have the team practicing on a, on a smaller pitch on the, the dimensions of the New York city FC pitch this week. Um, Jim Curtin did it with Philadelphia union and they got boat raced. Um, Tata said was not necessary. Um, and you know, they went out and put in a great performance. So, just what not a story. So, so nobody's just going to mention that anymore. Yeah, I might ask Tata if he if he feels uh, satisfaction from that. Please, please do, please do. Also, ask him where he's going. See if anyone's asked him that yet. Maybe, maybe he hasn't told anyone where he's going because no one's asked. 
I should ask him why he spoke English because he's admitted that he's scared to t- to speak English in front of journalists. That's what he, he he says he's he's scared to speak English in front of journalists because you know we're quote unquote like the masters of 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 language or or as you can clearly tell we're not if you're listening <laughs> to this. But right, yeah, that's how Tata sees it, I guess. And so he doesn't want to embarrass himself, but he handled himself with a plum. He did. He did. Um, yeah, no, give him a shout. Give him a shout. Let us know what he says. Let us know what he says. Um, <laughs> so, someone, someone said in our mentions, someone legitimately said this. Um, they said, we missed McCann. I assume that was a joke. It, that, that was a joke, right? I, I don't know. I, I saw this the same person tweeting some other stuff earlier about how no one was going to show up to Lane United games next year. Um, so I'm not entirely sure I, I trust their judgment right now. Um, we'll, we'll assume it's a joke for, uh, for the sake of our sanity, I think. Goodness. Um, let's get to a more reasonable question. Uh, this one from Ricky Ricardo, who was just asking about Barco's defense. And uh, I thought Barco was pretty pretty okay last night pretty okay yeah i'm i seem to be less enamored with it than a lot of people uh, i'm not saying you uh just I, I, there's just been a lot of talk about it um and it's kind of funny because i feel like i'm usually the one kind of defending him a bit um oh god joe wait are, are we are we chris mccanning barco at this point <laughs> are we applauding him for just like the one little yes. thing he does right <laughs> oh god like, Oh my god, he didn't he didn't obviously <laughs> fuck anything up. So yeah, let's shower him with praise. <laughs> oh no, where is this um, going? Yeah. Anyway, I continue, you know continue. I think he's gotten a lot of grief this year when a lot of it has been deserved, but not maybe not all of it, in my opinion. But um in this case, you know, I would expect someone with you know five minutes left in the game to go run around um in a playoff game. I I would, you know. I would just expect that to be the bare minimum. So, I mean, he did that. Good. Good for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm he glad did. he did it. You know, I'm not I'm not mad at him or anything like that, but I'm just not as like impressed with it. I mean, anyone can do that. I was saying in the in our dirty in our writers room that, you know, why not put like Bellow or someone on if if that's really what you're looking for? Um, just like put an athletic defensive minded player out there and just have them chase people around for, you know, 5 minutes. Yeah, we had uh, an extra sub like like we we had, you know, we <laughs> Tata only used two subs in the game and one of them was for one of the subs. Right. Yeah, no, um, he really he, he, I mean, he it just it really goes to show he really has the players that he trusts that he, you know, is willing to put in the game. He does. He does. And uh, even if it's Ezekiel Barco in the 85th minute. Uh, so, guys, I'm not sure how much we can really pull from that. And I appreciate everyone like being optimistic about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare turn. It's amazing how optimistic everyone gets once you actually win a game. Right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't check in on Red Bull's Twitter yesterday. I needed to, though. I needed to. I, I, I can't wait to throw some serious shade if they drop out to Columbus. That being said, I know that like Brian White and Mark Zhukowski or something like that is going to come in and score two late goals to uh, to cancel that out and, and ruin any dreams. I had of, of not having to deal with Red Bull's Twitter on blast for, for three weeks, essentially. Yeah. Um, Red Bulls are being real assholes by um, giving us hope. Yeah. Those jerks. Those jerks. Um, speaking of Tata and the players he trusts, I, th- I thought last night's 
11 was just really, really nice. It was just, I don't know if it was just seeing Garza out there, uh, but it, it really felt like a pretty full strength 11 at uh, the start. Um, and of course, Almarone does the thing where he, he only goes a half. And I, I did want to get your thoughts on that as far as was it the right decision to. We knew he was only going to play a half. I think we had heard that at the beginning of the week, but we, we heard that he had a minute restriction. Half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you agree the decision to kind of play him in the first half and, and start so, things out that way? It's funny. When I first heard he was going to have a minutes restriction, I was thinking just play him in the second half. I, and my, and I guess the reason I was thinking that was because I feel like Tata would be the kind of person that, um, would find it very difficult in the moment to keep him on the pitch or I'm sorry, to take him off. Like what if he started and Atlanta was losing at halftime? Like, I feel like that would have a very difficult time then removing his best player from the game. Um, But, you know, thankfully that didn't happen. And it makes sense in retrospect because, well, basically because I was worried about what happened to Tito, (laughs) which is that, you know, (laughs) you sub him on, you put him on at halftime and then, you know, he re-aggravates something and you have to take him off and then you're just burning a sub. But, you know, we did that anyway. So <laughs> I guess I don't I don't really know what to make of it at this point. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it could have gone disastrously wrong uh, for sure, because um, I can imagine people in their thoughts if we were down one and had pulled Miguel off, uh, even with the, uh, the, the minutes restriction we knew about going in beforehand. Um, but it does kind of make sense to just to, you know, you, if the plan was to kind of sit back, especially late, you, you kind of waste Miguel. Um, that point, that limited time you have with him, why not put him out there uh, with a team that's going to have pretty decent legs? Um, speaking, of, speaking of that, just kind of at the end, um, are we still worrying about the fitness levels? I saw some talk. You know, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to make of this whole fitness thing. Um, it's hard to say. It's. It's just. You know. I thought we did. Like. You know. I thought New York looked like New York did a lot more running than us um, toward the end of that game, and maybe we looked a little more fatigued. But then again, we were sitting in a deep shell, so we were kind of. That's the whole point. Is this so that you're not doing that much running? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if um, if the fitness is an issue or not. With, uh, with regard to injuries, I don't see the injury. I, I just see the injuries as being something you can't legislate for. I mean, they happen. Um, and I mean, Tito's happened when he wasn't even in Atlanta. And obviously, obviously, you know, I'm sure if it was muscle related or fatigue related, then obviously what he was doing in Atlanta would have built helped build to that moment. But um, that that he had the injury, but. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's just total speculation. And that's why I don't really like to talk about it that much because I don't really know. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm not I don't even know what is like what is the proper way to keep some, a player fit. So um, it's hard for me to say. Do you have an, do you have a thought on this? Um, I, I think it'll be much more impactful if we kind of look at it after we do play on a wide open field and, and with a game that's probably going to be a lot more wide open. If we're dying down the stretch uh, of, of our next game of the home game on Sunday, then there may be some cause to kind of look at that. Uh, of course it may not matter because the staff is leaving, uh, but it, it might be something to kind of keep in mind 
going I, forward for the next person coming in. Um, I will say the last home game we played against Chicago, I really I remember thinking during that game that we looked like we had a lot less legs in us than Chicago did. Um, so I will say that. And having been, you know, at the training ground, you know, off and on over the last few weeks, they're definitely not doing as much field work, in my opinion. It seems like they're doing more gym work than they had been doing. Um, it you like middle, middle of the season, it was like very they, there was there was a routine. You know, all the players are out there at X time, you know, ready to ready to take the field. And I don't know what they do afterwards because they kind of usher us out after media availability. But um this it's different now now over the last few weeks you can hear jim you can hear jim waits clanging um you know down the halls of the training facility so you can tell there's stuff going on there um and michael parker said that it's been more of a priority over the last few weeks so um i think it is something they're probably watching but you know i don't know if it's making a difference or not we'll see i think yeah i think this game you know new york pushing for a goal on a big pitch I think we'll. It may give us some answers and into how they're feeling physically on Sunday. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Any any other points we want to kind of touch on here before we get out of here? Um. No, I, I can't. I can't think of anything. All right. Well, one of them went. I believe start time for Sunday is five o'clock. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. We'll have our live show going from there as well we may get a preview show to you we keep saying that and we keep not doing the preview show uh we may get a preview show to you uh we'll see we'll let you know check us out on the twitter share uh, and all that kind of thing at uh at five strike final i almost forgot the handle for a second because i said the word twitter sphere and i feel bad about that uh at five strike final go ahead follow joe at j patrick 200 don't follow me uh i'm in, I'm in the deep throes of seasonal depression it's just going to be sad tweets from here on out um yeah That'll probably do it. That'll probably do it. Only now he gets the win. Get excited, guys. But there's still a lot of work to do. Don't get your hopes up. But but also get your hopes up, but maybe not your expectations. But also don't do that either. Actually, just just assume we're going to lose. Just assume we're going to lose. Yeah, cool. I think that's the best thing to do. Ah, sweet. Sweet. All right. Uh, let's see. Shout out to... Shout out to... Shout out to me. I need it. I need a shout out. Shout out to Sam. Shout out, shout out Jason Jones. Yes. Yes. All right. Bye, y'all. See ya.